So welcome back to the middle. That's uh, the classic song, Springtime from Hitler, from the producers. That was such a subversive... Mel Brooks, there's never been anyone like him, in my view. That's a, We can devote an, a whole episode to Mel Brooks. My dad used to do this thing. You know, my dad passed in June. I know I talk about it a lot. He used to do this thing with... He would call us in and insist that we sit and watch mo- like some of these classic movies, um, and we would just roll our eyes. It was almost a running joke of like, yeah, Anthony, said, Jason, come in here, Fran, watch this, watch this. This is classic, classic. But he introduced me to the producers, and um, maybe it's a movie we should watch now. I don't know. I, I have no idea how to deal with the how deal how to deal with the. You know, the the question, is anti-Semitism worse than it ever was? Or is social media just providing a place that just everyone who feels these things feels comfortable coming out and saying it? And I don't know which is worse. In a way, there's a certain transparency to it now. I know that the richest man in the world agrees with anti-Semitic tropes. Call him an anti-Semite. I mean, I know that now. He He says it. I believe what he says. Am, am I better off knowing that? I mean, I know that that you know the reaction that the, the only reaction that Musk or that any company matter that cares about is how it affects their bottom line. And if you look at how the bottom line of, I mean, the he has basically pissed away the value of that company by letting it become a cesspool of hate. And I said this. I did a whole episode on this. You know, when people say I had no problem with Musk taking over because I said no one believes. You know, this whole idea of true uh, of free speech, free speech. He's he's got a company, and if he wants to sell advertising, he can't have anti-Semitism all over the place. And sure enough, just this week, in the last twenty-four hours, IBM, Apple, Lionsgate, and the entire European community says we're not going to ha- run ads anymore, and they're lo- they're losing they're losing money. And he he bought an asset for forty-four million dollars, and it's worth like eighteen now. Brilliant businessman. But it's everywhere. And then there is the, these, these people who apparently don't realize what they're doing is anti-Semitism. Give them the, let's, let's give them the benefit of the doubt that they don't know what river to the sea means. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. But that, in, that, that is an anti-Semitic trope. It means, you know, that who's, who is between the river to the, the sea? <laughs> Those are Jews. Anyway. So let's go back to our uh, let's go back to our calls eight hundred eight four eight WABC eight hundred eight four eight nine two 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 Nick is taking your calls. We'll be here till four o'clock, and let's go to uh, uh, Lewis in New Jersey. Hey, Lewis. Hello, uh, Anthony. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not going to comment on the anti-Semitic thing. I, I think a lot of people have been doing that. And besides, it's a, it's a three thousand year old problem, so you really cannot uh, solve it within a few you know a few minutes. But I, I want to make a comment about Chip Roy uh, saying that Republicans haven't done much. And I agree with him, but from the negative side. In other words, yes, it's a good thing that the Republicans haven't done anything, because I don't agree with the Democrats that somehow you have to have another urban program, another uh, midnight basketball program, another, you know, another contract fixing this and that that's oftentimes not necessary somehow uh, uh, so that, uh, you know, politicians can campaign on and say, well, I did that and I did that. 
some new law that we don't need. Like, you know, do not spit them on subway platform. Guess what? People spit on subway <laughs> platform. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. You know, we have these laws that we don't need. We have mountains and mountains of statutes that we don't need. But politicians like to have their names attached to it. And yes, I wish Republicans don't do anything because we need less government, not more government. That, that's, a, that's an excellent argument, and I buy it. Except let me ask you a question. Don't you believe, Lewis, that sometimes... Things change in the country enough that you need to, say, update the immigration laws, for example, or health care, which used to be not a super expensive part of our economy, is now fully a quarter of our economy. Then maybe you have to update how we deal with health care costs or sometimes because we're living longer. We have to deal with programs for senior citizens, even if you just do the bare minimum, like keep the government open and you still have to do something. Don't you agree? I agree with that, but you know, I I believe in the Enlightenment's view, uh, you know, views of from Thomas Hobbes to John Locke to Thomas Jefferson. Small government is better. Now, when you mention, let's let us say, as you did, Social Security. For thousands of years, human beings have lived without Social Security. They've lived just as long and just as healthy, probably even better. So. Wait a minute, hold on. Wait, that's not true. We had a poverty rate of about forty percent among seniors before it was passed. Poverty rate is how you measure it. Okay, you know they the were poor. They were that, poor. That the liars figures. Okay, uh, so I mean, you, you know, we can get into the so- social administration issue, but the fact of the matter is that yes, of course, there is reason to 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 think that government is necessary. The primary uh, the primary function of government has been one to protect the state against foreign enemies. And number two, to protect the state against internal enemies, in other words, criminals. That's the basic one. Everything else is gravy. Now, if you want to have the government, I, uh, I mean, the programs, you know, the midnight basketballs or whatever, yes, you can do that on a local level. You can have churches. Well, I hear you, but Louis, I got to tell you, you've brought, in, you've brought a lot to think about. This is a fundamental philo- philosophical thing about government. But the problem is that government philosophy doesn't doesn't cut it after a certain point. By the way, just apropos of this, I, I, I highly recommend you, Lewis, and others. There's a documentary that looked at the debates between F. Lee Buckley, uh, William for Buckley, and uh, Gore Vidal during the 1968 uh, uh, conventions, where they just sat two brilliant men, a brilliant conservative and a brilliant liberal, and they just and they hated each other, so it was very colorful as well as everything else. And you realize pretty quickly that the bumper sticker versions of conversations, the small government is the best government. I think that that's by and large probably right, except does that mean then that programs that help us become a better, healthier country, that helps us compete economically – that helps us create rules of the road so that companies and businesses don't cheat the rules and make us sick, for example. That things that in, that increase our life expectancy, like the Clean Water Act, like like laws that require sanitation services, that laws that require fire safety, that laws that that require people to do things they might, left to their own devices, not do but make us all healthier and safer and better off. You know, the Social Security is not a great case to make 
from my perspective, because Social Security has worked. It's been a, a remarkable success. We had a poverty rate of about 35% among seniors. Today, it's in the single digits. That was a great program. 